in today's show. We're going to recap all of Monday's action and news. There was tons of it. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you to Rock Auto, who is sponsoring today's show. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. And thank you to you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And if you want to hear the news about Colin Sexton's injury, go and check out Locked On Cavs. We have a Locked On show for every NBA team, every team across the NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, and we've got college teams in there as well. So much happened today. News updates, in-game stuff, big performances, possible suspensions. We're going to talk about it all today, but quickly... Um, an update on the Locked On Championship League, the head-to-head league. I'm currently sitting in seventh in that league after winning both my matchups this week. Styles of Beyond remains in first. I'm seventh with a 500 record, so I'm, I'm, I'm coming okay. I'm going all right. I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it's all, how it's traveling there in those leagues. Uh, you know, always going to lose a couple early on. That's the way I look at it as you just try and stabilize everything. I'm going to push up into that, uh, into that next section, but we have got a lot of news to talk about, so let's talk about that news right now. Um, Colin Sexton has a torn meniscus. I think Colin Sexton's a drop without an injured reserve slot, or if you have excess injured reserve guys. Uh, torn meniscus, we don't know. He's going to have surgery. We don't know what the timeline's going to be. If it's a meniscus um, removal, it can sometimes be like a, a two-month thing. But always, it's a knee injury. It's a knee surgery. That shit's going to take a while. So I, I would say best case is eight, maybe 10 weeks, if you have a meniscus repair, it's the season. Um, there's no way he's back within a month. And Colin Sexton's not performing that well that you need to hold on to him through that. It's a pretty clear drop, I think. Um, for, again, Sexton was already tending towards being a drop anyway. He, he wasn't, but he was tending that way or trending that way. And now with this knee surgery, that's look, it probably has him out till after Christmas. I'd say best case, I think you've got to get rid of him. Joel Embiid has entered the COVID protocols. Might be seven to 10 days there. Got to depend on getting some negative test results back. Um, But he's going to be out. Rui Hachimura could be out up to another two weeks. He's rejoining the team and then getting reintegrated, but he could return at some point in the next two weeks. I do not think in a category league that Rui Hachimura is a must-roster player. In a 12-team points league, I could see adding him, but I'm not sure that it's necessarily... um, not necessarily a guarantee that you have to sit on him. He's not that good where he's just got to be grabbed under all circumstances and then wait for a couple of weeks for him to come back. Jalen Brown is out another one to two weeks with a hamstring injury. With his hamstring injury, that'll give Dennis Schroeder more value. It gives guys like um, Aaron Neesmith coming off the bench and Josh Richardson for deeper leagues, but Schroeder's the real 12-team winner there. And then Ben Simmons is going to be speaking to the Sixers medical staff and mental health professionals about his issues. I don't know if this is going to change anything about Simmons returning. I really doubt that. But 
it is another step of whatever's going on in this whole saga. It's something that has developed, and we'll see exactly what that means. We will talk more about the news on Michael Porter Jr. When we talk about the Nuggets game, we'll talk more about the news on PJ Washington Jr. When we talk about the Nuggets game as well. was also some news on TJ Warren with Sham Sharania reporting that he could be back by the end of December, early January, which is a little bit longer than Rick Carlisle initially said. Um, and then he's going to be limited after that. It's very hard, again, without IR for me to justify TJ Warren, who could be out two more months, maybe longer, um, to consider holding him and then yeah, be restricted for another month after that. Pretty tough for me to, um, pretty tough for me to imagine he's going to be useful for long enough or or quickly enough, more more to the point, to um to hold him if you don't have injured reserve. Unfortunately, it's just a real another another real lost um another real lost uh, season for uh, uh, T.J. Warren, which seems to happen all the time. Now, normally at this point, I would go through and look at the most traded player, but I thought I'd do something different. I don't know if this segment's going to work out. I don't know if you guys are going to enjoy this segment. I've got no idea. But it's time for the debut of... I request elaboration. Yes, I request elaboration. So we're just going to do a bit of a deep dive on a player who's been trending a little bit. And that deep dive is on Miles Turner. Turner was very up and down. People were frustrated with this bloke to begin the season. I literally had people asking if they should drop him. Of course, the answer to that was no. But over the last two weeks, he's up to the 30th ranked player. He's averaging 13 points, 9 rebounds. Dude, you're 7 foot. How come you can't grab rebounds? Well, I think that's sort of okay at the moment. 1.8 assists, 0.6 deals, but another league-leading 2.9 blocks. And that's just in 28 minutes. And we've seen his minutes push up over the last few games. Really impressive stuff. And look at that shooting. 51% from the field, 42% from three, and 73 from the line. Some elite shooting numbers. It's a career-high 65% effective field goal percentage for Turner this year. That's in the 79th percentile in the league. So he is really playing at a super high level. That's That 65% E field goal percentage is over the course of the season. He is killing it, and he's doing it on three-pointers, where he's is shooting um, on the, in the 89th percentile on threes, um, and especially in, above the break threes. And he's just barely taking any mid-ranges at all. So it's a lot, a lot of threes and coming at a really high level. We know he was this guy that we wanted to unlock to be like Porzingis-like, get the volume up and hit the threes, and Carlisle's sort of done that. And that is really helping his value. He leads the Indiana Pacers in Raptor, which is an all-in-one metric. He leads them in Raptor War, which is wins added, ahead of DeMontis Sabonis. He's second on this team in the on-off numbers. Um, and he's just behind uh, Karis Levert. Well, not just behind. Karis Levert is leading that with, um, obviously, significantly fewer minutes for Levert. Levert has played 135 minutes, Turner 308. But Turner's a plus 11.8. That's 80th percentile. That sort of um, yeah, on-off number is 80th percentile. And it also, that sort of on-off number is equivalent of being a 29-win better team with him on versus off. It's a huge, huge differential. Differential, And as usual, or as usual, not as usual, that's a bit harsh, but as happens so often, this team is better with Miles Turner on compared to when it's just Sabonis. Sabonis' on-off is negative 8.9. So when it's Sabonis without Turner, it and this, is all, this has been the thing for a while, that he is such a key player. There is a argument to be made that Turner can be 
the most important player, if not best player on this team. When he went down at the end of last season, they were an absolute disaster. Things went wrong really quickly. Right, he is, I'm not saying that he is their best player or he even is their most important, but an argument could be made that he, if he can get the volume of the shots and the minutes back up to where they are at the moment, like he can easily be one of the most important players in the NBA. Going by Kostya Medvedevsky's uh, Darko, which is his DPM, D- daily plus minus, he's 36 in the entire NBA and eighth in defensive uh, daily plus minus. So all the advanced stats are looking very, very positive for Miles. He was an underrated defender as well last year and super important to this team. And we are seeing that with how how he's going in these advanced stats and the on-off numbers. They are really... And, and a lot of the, the DPM stuff as well from Kostya is looking what's happened, but also has some forward-facing ability, as does Raptor. So when you've got these numbers, it does tend to project a little bit forward too. And, and especially Darko does that too. And having that sort of on-off differential again, showing how important he is. If Carlisle starts to recognize this and we start getting 33, 34 minutes of Turner instead of those 25, 26-minute games, it's going to be really intriguing to see how high he can push up his fantasy value. What did you think about my I Request Elaboration segment? I probably won't do it every day, but it's just something else we can chuck in there. It's time for Watfo now. Um, so let's do Watfo. This one is thanks to Cody Mudgett, and I love this one. This is really good. It says, Zach Levine, what are, what are the odds that Zach Levine averages more assists than Devin Booker this season? Booker is ahead of Levine at the moment in terms of assist numbers. These are both shooting guards who um, can handle the ball, but you yeah, have other guards on their team who are going to take the ball out of their hands and, you yeah, limit what they can do from a point guard perspective. Now, Booker's numbers, we've seen in the past when he gets those big assists, he can push up to be a really good fantasy player. He is averaging this year 5.1 assists, Devin Booker. Zach Levine is averaging 4.3. I think from here on out, they might be similar in terms of their assists per game. But because Booker's got that little bit of a head start, I think it's more likely that Booker finishes with more assists per game than Levine. So I'm going to say it's a 34% chance that Zach Levine averages more assists than Devin Booker by the end of this season. Drop your Watfos down below for tomorrow's show. And thank you to Cody for throwing that one to me today. It's time for me to tell you about True Bill. Do you know that free trials and subscriptions that renew without your consent? It's what's well, a business scam. They let greedy corporations pocket your money. So you can download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions. So you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and helped them save over $100 million. If you've ever forgotten free trials to automatic renewals when big companies keep charging you, Truebill is your secret weapon to save you money on subscriptions you don't need. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start cancelling today at truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Price Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. 
not just the superstar players, but the bench guys just getting a handful of minutes as well. Price picks has all of them. And whatever props you can think of, points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, all of that is there on Price Picks, And it doesn't just have to be basketball. You can do multi-sport entries. Before you do your entry, though, go use the promo code LOCKDOWN and you get 100% match deposit up to $100. You get four to five different over-under props, combine them in one entry, and you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. Entries take less than 60 seconds to put together and payouts are fast and safe. So don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Okay, let's look at the top ads over the last 24 hours in fantasy basketball. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Furkan Korkmaz, number one, up almost 24%. Shake Milton, up almost 22%. Fine with the game today and the game tomorrow. Really good. Make, makes sense. And the Sixers' schedule, as we talked about in the weekly preview, is awesome for this week. Derek Rose up 12%. I reckon people will be dropping him tomorrow after his lackluster performance. While Royce O'Neal up 12% is a really good streamer for Tuesday. Um, Gary Payton's up 11%. I think he's fine. I wouldn't say he's a must-roster 12. Abarca up 10. I'm not interested in that. Malik Beasley, we saw with D'Angelo Russell back today, his value tanked. And then Nick Batum up 9%, mainly for that streaming value for tomorrow. They are your top ads. If you want to look at the top drops over the past 24 hours, we're going to do that right now. Uh, Eric Gordon down almost 11%. Jingle and Joe Ingles down 11%. They are not 12-team must-rosters. Mason Plumley, Pat Connaughton, and Chris Boucher down 6%. I think Connaughton could be held because the Bucks play on Tuesday, but those other guys are not 12-teamers. Um, Lonnie Walker, he's down by 6%. Hello. Yep. Bledsoe down 5%. Fine for a drop, although you probably want to hold him for Tuesday. And then Ubre down 5%. I don't think he is a must-roster 12-team league guy. Let's move into the games and recap them. Game number one, the New York Knicks and the Philadelphia 76ers. The Knicks end up getting the victory, 103-96. to Julius Randle, really big game, 31-12 and with five threes. Did it efficiently, 48% shooting. He'd been coming down a little bit, 33rd ranked player over the last two weeks, so it's good to see a big performance there. While we had Mitchell Robinson ruled out before the game, Nerlens Noel started and then hurt his knee, got rolled up into, and it sort of bent backwards, and then he couldn't return. So he had 31 minutes of Taj Gibson, seven and eight with two blocks. I think Noel's a must-roster player. I'm not sure how serious his injury is. We'll find out. But I think you've got to look to add Gibson in all 14-teamers and probably 12s. Rowan Barrett, another horrific shooting percentage night, 15 points on 30%. But it's great to see him adding those other things, two threes, 10 rebounds, four assists, one block. That's what helps keep your value up. He has now dropped outside the top 110 on the season because of this run of poor shooting games, which is always that thing that does leave him in the lurch a little bit in terms of overall fantasy value. But it's good to see some of those other things come through. Kemba returned, 27 minutes, 8, 3, and 5. Not particularly inspiring, but I am holding him. Well, Derek Rose had 6 points in 21 minutes. Rose is more of a streamer than a must roster and quickly had 10 points in 16 minutes. For the Sixers, they were without Harris, Embiid, Simmons, and Thibault and somehow still kept this game relatively close because Andre Drummond put up a gigantic performance. 14 and 25 in 38 minutes with two blocks. That is a huge game from Drummond. With Embiid out this week and the Sixers' schedule amazing, you've got to make sure he's on a roster. Now, he was playing 13, 14 minutes a night when Embiid was playing, so that wasn't great, but now the numbers are going to be there. 
Seth had 14, 4, and 6 as Doc Rivers really rode the starters. Maxi had 16, 9, and 5, two steals and a block. Unfortunately, he was horrifically inefficient, just 32%, but he's a must roster. And I think Furkan Korkmaz is as well, 19 points and 5 threes. Niang struggled, but 15 points is still 15 points. He just didn't do anything else with it. He's worth a 12 team ad. Well, it was a pretty disappointing night from Shake Milton. Shake, shake, shake. 10 points on 31%. I think he's still worth persisting with for this week while all these guys are out and the schedule suits him, but I don't think he remains a 12-team guy. And I'm really, really surprised to see how little Paul Reed played. Just five minutes, zero points. I thought with all those guys out, we'd get 20-plus, but we got 40 Corkmuzzers and 20, 39 Maxis and 41 Curries and 38 Drummonds. Rivers just ran the starters really hard on a back-to-back. I wouldn't be surprised to see Reed play more against the Bucks. Um, and extend that rotation out, making him at least an interesting streamer for Tuesday after this uh, dud of a performance. Let's look at the next game. The Brooklyn Nets and the Chicago Bulls. The Nets, I felt like they just gave up here towards the end in a back-to-back. They were up on the, in this one, and then the game was close, and the Bulls just pulled away, 118-95. Durant was great, 38-10. and 10. I don't know what more to say about him. He's just been awesome. Um, Harden was not awesome here. 14 points on 36% shooting is terrible. The usage remains low. I don't know why he's not taking shots. 25% on twos. Everything else is all right, though. Again, three threes, eight rebounds, five assists, a steal, and a block. But the field goal percentage and the low usage continues to be confounding. He's still the eighth-ranked player this year, despite the struggles. But there's way more there. Good game from Aldridge. 19-7 and with two blocks. That's great. That's fantastic. Unfortunately, we just can't trust that often enough to have him as an absolute guaranteed must-roster 12-team league guy. He is absolutely fine to have, and he's the guy you want out of him and Griffin and Brown and Mills and Claxton and all those guys. He's the one you want. He's the third option on this team in terms of fantasy behind Duran and Harden, but it's not must-roster. Nor is Joe Harris, of course, who had nine points with three threes. He is only a uh, streamer or a 14-team league guy. Paddy Mills had five points. Drop him. Bruce Brown had two blocks. That's great. Was 0 of 8 from the field somehow, Bruce Brown. Baby shark, I can't have him as an absolute must-roster guy. He just isn't. He's fine to stream in, but he's not a guy that just has to be held while Blakey Griffin had two seven and four after his big game yesterday. On to the Bulls. The usage distribution stayed big with Levine and stayed big with DeRozan, although it was DeRozan this time who was the number one usage guy. 28 points, four rebounds, three assists. He did it on 50% shooting and seven of nine from the line. Another big game from DeRozan. While Levine had 24, five and five on 59%. Really good stuff. Um, Nikola Vucevic is Vucevic 11, 13, and 5 1 steal, 3 blocks you, know, you love getting 5 assists, 13 boards, 3 blocks but he cannot shoot at all 36% from the field he was under 19% usage he's scared to shoot, Like he's, he's forgotten what to do and I think an important point with Vuce is he was a 40% 3 point shooter last year but never before was he that, he was always a mid 30s guy so I think some of that, and we talked about that a lot, that last year was a career year, and maybe some of these things don't repeat, and they're not repeating. I think his usage will go up once some shots start falling, but at this point, it's pretty much who he is, unfortunately. the 62nd ranked player this year. Good game from Javante Green, 11-7 and seven in 29 minutes, but I wonder what happens to his minutes when Kobe White arrives, which is going to be within a week or so, it looks like. Um, three steals for Green is nice, and Caruso, he's getting by on steals, 5-4-2 and two with two steals. If you don't need steals... Crusoe's probably not a 12-team league player. Ayo Desumnu outscored James Harden. 15 points in 20 minutes. Big game from Desumnu. Uh, I still don't know what his role is as a full-time rotation player. And I think he's probably the guy that does lose out when White returns. 
but he's given them more than I expected him to this season. Well, Bradley had eight points in 15 minutes. A bit of a stinker from Lonzo, 11-4-3 on 33% shooting. He obviously uh, can do better than that. We've seen him do better than that plenty of times. The next game, what a weird one this one was. The Minnesota Timberwolves end up losing to the Memphis Grizzlies, 118-125. The Wolves were up big with about seven minutes to go. And then the Grizzlies somehow push it to overtime and then won comfortably in overtime. D'Angelo Russell returned, played 41 minutes after the ankle injury. 30 and 5, 7 assists, 6 triples. Obviously, a must-roster player. There are plenty of... At the first sign of any injury to Russell, people drop him. People, again, he's one of those guys that people hate. They hate him. So whenever something goes wrong, you can always get a, a deal on him. Townsie had 25 and 13 with two blocks. Big game there, while Anthony Edwards... Goose. His efficiency's been really poor, but 27-5-3 with three steals and four threes. 41% is rough. That is holding his rankings down, but that can improve, obviously. They decided to start two point guards in Patrick Beverly and D'Angelo Russell, which I think is fine. 29 minutes for Beverly, 9-3-4, a steal, two blocks. I think, let's call it now, Beverly's a must-roster 12-team league player. I don't know if they'll persist with him, but he's a better option than Josh Okoge. He's probably a better option than Jared Vanderbilt. He's definitely a better option than Torian Prince. Let's see if they keep going that way. McDaniels had a triple one, 11-7, and fouled out. That's totally fine for 14-team leagues, but I don't think he's a 12-team league guy. While Vanderbilt, only 11 minutes. His minutes just go all over the shop. He plays like 26, they play well. He plays 25, they play well. Then he goes down to 11, then he'll be up to 25. He's just a rebound specialist, and that can be useful in 12 teams, but obviously when he plays 11 minutes, it's not useful. While Malik Beasley closed it out, played in overtime, but ended with just 27 minutes and four points. And with Russell back and Beverly starting, it's very hard for me to look at Malik Beasley and say, yeah, must roster guy. Great streamer, but not a must roster player. And he is, he's been dropped in quite a few spots, which I think is fair enough. Onto the Grizzlies. Morant had 33, 6, and 8, a steal, a block, and three triples. The efficiency has really fallen away, just 42%, but great to see him going 10 of 12 from the line and putting up some big numbers in multiple categories. While the wave pulled DeAnthony Melton, 19, 3, and 3, two steals, a block, and three threes. Yes, Dylan Brooks is coming back, but I'm going to wait for Taylor Jenkins to make the wrong decision before I preemptively drop Melton, assuming he makes the wrong decision, because he might not. Melton is a must-roster player. Must-roster. Jaron Jackson played 32 minutes, played a lot at center, had 14 and 8 with a steal and three blocks. He was on the buy low show today. I don't reckon that's going to stick. Like he's not going to be, you're not going to be able to buy low very soon. Stephen Adams has played like 20 minutes or under in, I think, four of his last six games. Three points in 19 minutes. And they're going more Jackson at center, which means more less minutes for Adams. I think Stephen Adams is a drop. I don't think he's an auto drop, but if you need to clear a spot, he's a drop. Big game from Kyle Anderson, 29 minutes, 12, 9, and 7. You know, he did get to 28 because he played 5 in overtime. But the Anderson-Jackson front court, I think he's almost one of their best combinations. I'm watching Kyle. I'm looking more for 14 teams. Brandon Clark, out of nowhere. Now, he had not been in the rotation at all. He played 24 minutes for 20 points and 9 rebounds on elite efficiency, 73 and 80. A lot of people already ask me, is he a 12-team ad? And the answer to that, to me, is no. He's a watch at this stage unless they just commit to playing him 27 minutes a night or even 25 minutes a night, which I don't think they do. That'd mean like an elimination of Adams. They could do that, but I'd want to watch it first. His upside isn't high enough for me to get super stoked about that game. It was great. He was awesome. There's no denying that. But is that a realistic expectation every game? Probably not. 
Not a great night from Desi Bain. 41 minutes, 13 points, the five assists and 39%. I think he is going to end up being more droppable than what Melton is just because he's not as diverse across categories. But again, let's wait to see what Jenkins does with those minutes before we make that preemptive drop of guys. I, I, I wouldn't be preemptively dropping these players who've been providing such great value for us um, this year. There's so many cars, makes, and models available these days. It's impossible for a local chain auto parts store to stock everything you need. You go in there, you got to wait behind the counter, and then the blog's going to order it in. Just getting the only brand their warehouse happens to carry, so you have to pay more. Get out of here. Go to rockauto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the exact same part that you get somewhere else? Stupid stuff. No need for it. So... Find the parts that you need for your car, whether it's brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. Load them into your cart, and then at rockauto.com, in their How Did You Hear About Us box, right locked on, so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Okay. Fourth game of the day. The Pelicans and the Mavericks. The Mavericks had this one, and then the Pelicans sort of fought back late. In the end, it was 108-92 Dallas. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Vasilinovansas. The immediate knee-jerk gut reaction is sell high. But I've said this, and I'm going to keep saying because I know everybody doesn't listen to everything I say. And I don't blame you. I don't want to listen to everything I say. Sure, he's a sell high. But is anybody giving you back value of the, of the guy who's the 11th ranked player? And the answer to that is, of course not. I don't know when Zion's coming back. And when Zion comes back, what's his minutes going to be like? Low. He'll be sitting out games, I'm sure. So I would rather just roll with Valanciunas, especially on the odd chance that maybe it sticks you know, at 95% of this production. It probably won't, but just roll with it. You're not getting enough value back in a trade to sell high. If you can, good luck to you. No Ingram, no Herb Jones. So Josh Hart had 38 minutes, 22, 6, and 5. He hasn't always blown up without Ingram. And I don't think that when those guys are back, he's going to be worthwhile. While Garrett Temple had 12, 6, and 3 with three steals. Good game from Garrett, but still more 14 team. Devontae Graham, just eight points on eight shots, but did have eight assists. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I've seen so many people complain, man, this guy, the shooting. Dude, look, that When you draft him, surely you knew that. Like, I, I don't know how many times I uttered the phrase that this bloke never met a shot he didn't want to take. And you're seeing that now. 18 points is actually a pretty good result from him. Four assists and a steal. Look, he's not playing particularly well, but in a punt field goal scenario, he's like a top 100 guy, top 110, which is fine, which is what you should have been looking at. Now, if you can't deal with his poor field goal percentage, don't expect it to change. Like, this is who he is. He's a bad shooter, a bad volume shooter. But he can do a little bit more in some other categories. Jackson Hayes has been out of the rotation, but he played 14 minutes in. He was the only bench player for the Pelicans to score 10 points in 14 minutes. Jalen Brunson continues to excel. 31 minutes, 17, 4, and 6. Absolute must roster player. Hardaway had 17, 6, and 4 with 4 threes. Good game from Timmy. He's not really a 10-teamer, more of a 14-teamer. Well, Doncic had an ankle injury early, but played through it. Ended with 25, 5, and 5, but still 60% from the line. Continues to kill us. He's the 38th-ranked player this season. Um, I think he'll be better than that, but I I don't think he's making the top 12. Kristaps Porzingis. Porzingis. Um, 12 and 8, 26 minutes, a block. 31% obviously bad shooting. I thought he looked okay out there. I think there's plenty more room for him to grow. While Finney Smith, 
the two steals are really good for Dorian. He got them really late in this game. Um, he is just a streamer or a 14-team league guy, not must roster at all. While Powell had six and eight, and Nilakina played 18 minutes for nine points with two steals. And he has worked himself into a regular rotation role. Good old Frankie. Let's look at the next game, the, a controversial game. Miami loses to Denver, 113-96. Jimmy Butler had 31-5-8. and eight. The Heat against an undermanned Denver team got smashed in this one. Good from Butler, though. Really good. No steals, but everything else was great. Well, Duncan Robinson hit four threes, but his minutes continue to be lower. 27 minutes for him. Only a streamer, in my opinion. Not a great shooting night from Hero, who had 11 points in his, uh, what, 31 minutes? Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Two threes and five assists. Yeah, obviously, we're still rostering him. While Bam Adebayo just was murdered by Jokic in this game. 10 and 10. Uh, only the two assists again. And his field goal percentage is very, very low compared to historical levels for Bam. I think it can come, can come back up, but this was just a really poor game. And it was somehow not as bad as Kyle Lowry's, who went 0 of 8 in 37 minutes. Again, Lowry had been playing really well. Top 45 player over the last two weeks. This was just a stinking performance from the majority of these guys. Markeith Morris. Let's talk about it now. Markeith Morris ended up getting ejected. He is dealing with, as the Heat phrased it, an apparent neck injury. Very interesting phrasing from them. Um, after Bam and Jokic were uh, yeah, battling for a contested shot and rebound under the basket, Jokic contested Bam, grabbed the rebound, and was taking the ball up court. About to cross halfway, and Morris basically charges. Charges into Jokic and hits him from the side. Like, doesn't try, not trying to contest the pass. Just runs in, elbow into the ribs, charges into him. Right, hits him, walks off. Jokic, kids cover your ears, because he's a mad fucker. Like he is, do not, soft Euro, do not mess with this guy. He will fold you up in a minute. Right, he is tough as shit. He did not like this. Morris turned his back, hit Jokic, charged him, elbowed him, turned his back. Jokic charged the shit out of him, lowered the shoulder right into his back. Morris went down like a sack of shit. Stayed on the ground for a bit. They called a stretcher out. Um, he ended up walking off. I, I, I don't know what the extent of any injury that he has. He has had neck problems in the past, so we hope he's all right. There was some definite like whiplash effects after that hit because he just got crunched. And there's a couple of ways to look at this. Markeith Morris 100% instigated this. He com committed an absolute charge, not a basketball charge. Like He charged straight into Jokic, no play on the ball to hit him. There is no Make no mistake about that. He deliberately tried to hit Nikola Jokic, in the side and to hurt him because of what you know the what it, the basketball stuff that was going on with him and Bam Morris known dickhead in all these sort of things right Jokic Jokic then retaliated which I you understand Jokic has got a bad temper but hitting someone in the back like that it's it's a terrible look again he was retaliating he was instigated instigated he should have gone up grabbed him turned him around jumper punched him or something right not not just a smash in the back like that that that, that is that, that it could have been dangerous and i don't know what's happened to morris in terms of injury right but it wasn't out of nowhere he's got to control himself better though Jokic. you can't be doing that he will cop a suspension there are people thinking that he's going getting out for weeks i would be stunned if he is out for more than three games on a suspension i would be stunned he might be but some people are, are going very over the top on how they think he's going to be suspended. He will be suspended. Make no mistake about that, Jokic. But I don't think it's going to be as extreme as some people think. 
So he had a huge game. Big Chungus. 25, 15, and 10 with two steals and two blocks. Actually, drop your comments down below. What did you think of the Jokic-Morris incident? How many games do you think Jokic goes for? What did you think of the whole thing? Um, let's talk Jokic now because he's out. He's going to be out. So you can add Jermichael Green as a short-term guy. Make sure Will Barton is added as well. 25, 5, and 6 with seven triples because Maga Porter Jr. is out for, to quote Dr. Michael Malone, the foreseeable future. Do I have any idea what that is? No, because Malone has no idea what that is. He does not know how long that is going to be. Um, I, I'm worried. I think we've got to look at least two weeks here for Maga Porter. It might be two months. I don't know. But there is positive reporting that the Nuggets are planning for his return rather than contemplating surgery. The fact that they even said surgery made me shit myself. But the fact that they, you know, he's the, they're planning his return is a good thing. You've got to make sure that Barton is rostered. I thought they might go with PJ Dozier and put Aaron Gordon at the four, but they didn't. They put Jeff Green there. Green played 33 minutes. He had 13 points. He can be at least a 14-team league ad, but keep an eye on the big stiffy, Bona Highland, and also on PJ Dozier. Now, Highland is a much better fantasy player than Dozier. He had six points, two steals, and a block. That is a solid 16-team ad for, for Highland. Um, and then we'll see what happens with those minutes there. Aaron Gordon... Still, man, no Porter, only 10 points, seven rebounds. Just continues to struggle. I would still have him in 12-teamers with those guys out, but not great. 14-3-5 for Monty Morris was solid. And interestingly, Faku Campazzo out of the rotation. They brought Austin Rivers in to take his place. So it's Rivers and Highland now instead of Campazzo and Highland, which before was Campazzo and Rivers. So some interesting stuff developing there for the old uh, Denver Nuggets. All right, let's go on to the next game, sixth game of the night. The Warriors handle the Hawks on a back-to-back. -back. I'm a little worried about Atlanta, and Golden State looks insane. They look so good. And people say, I'll wait till Clay comes back. I'm not, even, look, I'm not sure what Clay is going to do for them. They don't, they don't even need Clay at this point. That's how well they're playing. It's been crazy. The Warriors win 127-113. Trey Young, 28-3-9. It's pretty good. John Collins continues to play well. I just need more minutes from him. Now, he was... Out of foul trouble completely. Why is he only playing 31 minutes? I, I, I don't get it. 19 and 6 with two threes. While Bogdanovich had 17 points in 31 minutes. Clint Capella looks like a disaster at the moment. 23 minutes. Now, when we did the ADP battles in the offseason, remember I, I, I talked, I think it was Jared, because he loves Clint Capella. I said, look, I, I am worried, worried about this Achilles injury. And he said, yeah, he had the same thing last year. Oh, that's fair enough. Yeah, he did. He had the same thing last year. I, I, I'm obviously more worried about it now. He can't get anything going. The rebounds are well down. Usage is well down. He can't finish at the rim. Two and six in 23 minutes. That's a disaster for Clint Capella. You got to hold him, but holy shit. Like it's, I am worried. Um, I don't know if I've officially done this, but we've got to do it now. DeAndre Hunter. Get that garbage out! 11 points in 23 minutes with two threes. The amount of games that he's had two rebounds and zero assists is insane. He's just contributing nothing. He's the 212th ranked player. He's got to go. Herder had 11 points while D'Lon Wright was back in the rotation after Nate McMillan was asked a couple of days ago, what does D'Lon have to do to get back into the, the rotation? And then he said, oh, I'm not telling you or some shit like that. And then he was back in over Lou Williams. D'Lon is significantly better in the year 2021 than Lou Williams. I don't think that's a debatable fact or a debatable opinion. It, it really isn't, and he should have been playing. Not that it mattered in this game because they just got cooked. Seven and five with two steals for Dillon. That's a deeper league scenario there. Well, Cam Reddish, he's just way out of it. 13 minutes again, three points. 
Jack Armstrong, what are we doing with Cam Reddish? Get that garbage out of here! Yeah, that little run where Reddish was on, where he was you know, playing 27 a night and dropping everything in the ocean, we said, let's wait and see what the shooting looks like. He's been a disaster over the last week, like really bad. And another really bad performance here from Reddish. Very, you can't hold on to that sort of up and down bullshit. For the Warriors, Steph, Jesus Christ, uh, 50 points. He banged his shoulder up early, went to the bench for a bit, got it retaped, played. 50 points, 9 threes, 10 assists, 3 steals, and a block. That's some pretty crazy shit right there. Jordan Poole continues his assault on being awesome. 16 points on 17 shots, but 3 threes, 4 assists, and 2 steals. He's like a top 50 player at the moment. I don't know what's going to happen when Clay returns, or when Clay returns, but he is... And I know this, I don't know who it is, but I remember tweeting this out at the very start of the season that Paul might be better than Wiggins. And then uh, Paul had a, a cold stretch and this guy was, hey, you're so quick to say Paul better than Wiggins. Paul is better than Wiggins. Whoever you are on Twitter that interacted with me about that, if you are listening, he's better than Wiggins. Um, <laughs> I say that marginally to take the piss, but also he's better than Wiggins. 16-4-4 four four for Geordie. Well, Wiggins had 13-4 and four in 26 minutes. Wiggins has been really bad. I think if you're in a 10-team category league, I think Wiggins can be a drop. In a points league, I wouldn't. In a 12-teamer, I would probably hold. Gary Payton Jr., if you're looking... Or sorry, Gary Payton II. Um, if you're looking for steals, he can bring them. Three steals, not much else there. 21 minutes is interesting. He is not a 12-team league guy. He is a 14-16-team to 16 team league player. While Looney had six points in 17 minutes, and we had seven minutes of John Kaminga for one point. Uh, with Andre Iguodala out. I don't think that he's really going to contribute too much at all. This season, I don't think that should be too much of a surprise to people. The next game that we go looking at is the Phoenix Suns, who are up big in this one against the Kings, and the Kings come home in the end. The Suns win it 109-104. Cameron Payne, my boy, the owner of my heart. 24 points, four threes in 22 minutes. Just a bonanza performance from Payne don't think we need to overreact to it, but it's just great to see. Mikhail Bridges, who was on the buy low show today, I said the defensive stats will come. He had 16 points with two steals and two blocks. That's the spirit. Chris Paul finally saw the assist drop down, but still had three steals, 16-3 and 5 with three steals, while Frank the Tank Kaminsky couldn't keep his magic going in a revenge game. Funny how his worst game is against his former team. Uh, 10 and 5 in 22 minutes with a steal and a block for Frank the Tank. Um, with eight and out, he is worth streaming, as is McGee for blocks, who had six and seven and two blocks for Big JaVale. Devin Booker, another six assists. Helps my Watfo there. 18, nine, and six with two steals for Booker, who's been um, much better this year than he was last year from a fantasy perspective. Well, Jay Crowder, what do we think? Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Five points, three assists, two steals, and a block. Nice steal numbers, but the shooting is just all over the place. And Cam Johnson continues to be bad. Like I don't think he's very good. Definitely this year. He, he's not good at all. Um, really, really struggling. On to Sacramento. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. <laughs> the insanity continues with this bloke. 11 of 11 from the line. 7 of 9 from the field. 26 and 6. I think Barnes can be a top 50 player this year, but he is like cracking on as a top 20 guy. It's been remarkable. And finally, finally, De'Aaron Fox. 24, 4, and 5, 3 steals, 3 blocks. Unfortunately, he dropped a old uh, dung heap on your free throws where he went 7 of 11 
and only 42% from the field, but good to see the other stuff coming around. With Tyrese Halliburton out, we've got 31 minutes from Davion Mitchell, 12 and 6, two assists, two threes. He's fine, but still, he's not a 12-team league guy. Well, Budrick Heald had 14 and 6 in a spot start, and it was rough from Rashawn Holmes, 7 and 8 in 25 minutes, and only 12 minutes for Flaming Mo Harkless. But remember, they were down really big early. So we got 12 minutes of Damian Jones, if that gives you any indication how big they were down, and yeah, how Heald and Holmes were like gigantic negatives, negative 25 for Holmes, and they had to go to some other options to try and bring them back. Terrence Davis hurt his ankle, had 13 points in 26 minutes. He was not able to return, but he was a guy that was barely even playing before the Halliburton. All right, so let's go to the last game of the night with the Charlotte Hornets. Losing to the Lakers, 123-126. The Lakers were up pretty huge in this game, and the Hornets came back with a ridiculous stretch of play where there was like three technicals in a row. LaMelo shot five free throws in a row uh, without any time coming off the clock. A delay of game, a Westbrook technical, a Mallow technical, and then LaMelo hit five in a row. Sends it to overtime with some just horrendous decisions from Anthony Davis on that final shot, a bad Miles Bridges shot, some Westbrook shenanigans. It was just very weird. Anyway, remember we had those concerns about LaMelo Ball's minutes? He played 42. He had 25, 15, and 12, a steal and a block. Awesome. Rogier got a good game going. 29, 2, and 3. Now, I worry a bit about this. Again, there's not really much in terms of supporting stats. He hit 50% of his shots, including 62% from two, and he'd struggle with that all season. So this is great. It's good to get these games, but it's not really sustainable. Haywood was pretty good, 21, 6, and 3, while Mason Plumley probably his best game too. 35 minutes, 13 and 10. The news came out that PJ Washington with his elbow hyperextension will be uh, re-evaluated in a week, so he's out at least a week. PJ's a drop, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and Plumlee, I think, is only certain builds he fitting. Miles Bridges, inefficient, 19 points, but two steals, three threes, eight rebounds. He's dropped off a little bit over the last bit with a drop in efficiency, but obviously I think he's fine. Ubre is a pretty clear drop. Jack Armstrong, what do you think? Jack Armstrong, are you here? Yes? And Cody Martin, despite his ranking, is not a must-roster 12-team league player. Onto the Lakers. Davis played 44 minutes with his sore thumb. 32 and 12, three steals and five blocks. Just a gigantic performance. While Mallow's hot streak continued. 29.73 is a steal and a block on 69% shooting. Giggity. Just the biggest of biggest sell highs of Mallow. He will not continue to A, play this much, or B, be this good of a shooter. He's great. The shooting's been great. He's playing the role he needs to play, but he's just not going to play this much or shoot this well. It's just not going to happen. Westbrook was, honestly, 17, 12, and 14 with three steals is a really interesting stat line. On the court, he was a disaster. Um, He didn't hit any threes. He was bad from the line. He was 33% overall. I think when he's on the... What's his plus minus? He just was not good. Yeah, he was a minus 17. That's pretty hard when you're playing uh, 41 minutes out of 53. He was bad. John Ray Jordan's not going to play when everyone's returns. I'd say 10 and 8 and 11 minutes. The thing with Westbrook is they're not going to bench him. He's not going to see reduced minutes. He just consistently hurts them on court. I'll wait till he gets fired up. Maybe, maybe, maybe he gets going. At the moment, I don't think anyone can debate that Russell Westbrook is actively hurting this team. The vast majority of games it is out there. Outside of those performances, there's not much to talk about. Malik Monk had 10 points. Avery Bradley had 8 points in 24 minutes. Uh, Rondo had a nice eight assists before he smashed two Rozier in the head and got ejected. Um, but he's not a guy that's going to play when everyone is healthy. So I don't know. It's just, it's good that they got the win for Lakers sake, but man, they do not look good in doing it. I don't, don't, and that's, I don't think that's unfair to say either. 
All right, let's look at the top performances for today. Number one was Steph Curry, pretty clearly with the 50 points and 10 assists. Lamelo, Anthony Davis at two and three. Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. He was at four. Durant was at five. D'Angelo Russell at six. Farton Will Barton at seven. The Pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. He was at eight. Julius Randle was at nine. And Carmelo Anthony at number 10. If we look at the top 10 players who were rostered in under 50% of leagues, number one was Cam Payne, a really good offensive performance, but don't read into that. Garrett Temple, steals. Brandon Clark, a nice 14-team league option. Beverly's a 12-teamer. Danny Green's a 12-team defensive steals option. JaVale McGee's a block streamer. Monty Morris is a 14-team league guy. Javonte Green in deeper leagues. Korkmaz, absolutely 12-teamer. I think Taj, is a, Taj Gibson's a 12-team league ad with the injuries in New York. And then the top 12, top 12, top 10 players in points leagues today. Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, LaMelo Ball, Ja Morant, Russell, I almost called him Ja Morant with a soft J. Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, D'Angelo Russell, and the big avocado, Andre Drummond. That will do it for today's show. Tell me again, what foes down the bottom? Your thoughts on the Jokic-Morris incident? What you thought of I Request Elaboration? All that stuff. And follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Thumb it up, comment, subscribe, notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.